Hey everybody, it's Chris here, welcoming you to another episode of the Casual Future Podcast. What's up? Welcome back, guys. Just so you are aware, thecasualflipper.com is live. Go check that out. And then you can find me on Instagram at thecasualflipper. That's also for YouTube. And then Twitter is casualflipper. Hope to see you. All right, let's get into it. This episode is super exciting, guys, because we have Eric of Amazon Lit. He's one of three partners in that consultation business. If you're going to grow your business, you got to look at the greats. This is one of them. I mean, they're doing millions in sales. So if you're not following Amazon Lit, you got to go do it because it's going to benefit your you. Plus, it gives them some attention. The more they grow their awareness, the more they can help people. So super positive all the way around. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you get a lot out of it. Anyway, without further ado, let's hop into that conversation that I had with Eric, and I hope you learned something. Be sure to share this episode if you think it's worthwhile. All right, guys, like I promised, we do have Eric here. Eric, for those who maybe don't know who you are, maybe just give an introduction, you know, the kind of origin story of Eric. Yeah, so my name is Eric Castellanos. I'm the co-founder of Amazon Lit. My business partner, Sebastian, and I uh, created Amazon Lit about two and a half years ago. And it was due to our extreme success selling on Amazon through FBA for the past seven years. You know, we pump out huge numbers. Um, You know, we see eight figure profits annually and we really saw a lack in the consulting space of people who know what they're talking about and know what they do. So we created Amazon Lit as a consulting service and have designed a course um, branched off of that called eSellers RI. And our main goal is to help sellers be successful on Amazon. And it's been a hell of a journey. It's super exciting. Every day is a little different. And I love, I love selling products on Amazon. It really, it brings me the enthusiasm that I've been looking for my entire life. Yeah. And the, and the content you guys post, you know, is incredibly valuable. So I, I, if you haven't checked out Amazon, I highly recommend it. One of the things that I was, we were just kind of talking about off the camera is there's a lot of content out there about the house and and you know the particular strategies. So today's episode, I think we're going to dive into a little more about the mindset of Eric and like mm-hmm. how he got to this point. Because one thing that you should be aware of, if you do check out his stuff, you'll see eSellers RI, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And literally everything you're going to need to be successful is within that program. Yeah. So so that's something that's definitely there. So just really kind of a quick, more of a fun thing outside of business. Do you have any other hobbies or interests? Because obviously that's the main thing that you're kind of posting about like are you into sports cards is there any teams you like or maybe you collect pokemon cards like i don't know like what is there anything outside of business that you're doing yeah so my my main thing i do outside of work is i, I love going to the gym you know exercising i i'm a firm believer that i have to work on myself mentally physically and spiritually you know so Aside from the gym, it also includes a rigorous structure of prayer and meditation. And those are really my main focuses outside of work. You know, I do own three different businesses. So the day to day can get very busy and I'm very passionate about my work. But when I do get some free time, I definitely enjoy hitting the gym, working out my body and then spending some time in meditation and just kind of gathering myself and putting it all together and appreciating how far I've come. That is literally the perfect answer that I was hoping to hear because one thing that I've noticed from your content, both you and Sebastian, it seems like you're both very into mindset and personal development and it just goes yes. to show that whole, it's a, it's a lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. You can't just 
from my experience, you can't just have a successful business without being successful in other aspects in your life. You know, and that means focusing on fixing your brain and the way your brain is wired and how it operates and also fixing, you know, your spiritual side, like, like what's internal to you, you know, fixing that and focusing also on healthy personal relationships as well as business relationships and family relationships. It's all encompassing, all encircling. And when you can fix all of those things and synchronize them together, it just will uh, allow you to skyrocket with your success in anything you put your mind to. So do you think that maybe that's one part of the business that we don't talk about enough? Like maybe your business is struggling because you personally are struggling and we should work on ourselves. Yeah. I think that's that's one one of the huge setbacks to people who are trying to see success in any business venture they put their mind to is they're so focused on the business and they forget about the other important aspects of life like family and friends and community you know and and a relationship with some sort of something greater than yourself to kind of guide you through the way whatever that may be there's no specific preference there and also you know working on your mind body and spirit like it's huge it's huge and it's it's definitely not talked about enough but it's one of the founding um you know driving forces for us and our success so that brings me to this question what are the core values of you or you and sebastian yeah i would i would definitely say honesty and integrity are our core values you know we we definitely want to be transparent and honest with everybody we're not trying to sell a dream here we understand that it takes hard work and then integrity follows that very closely you know we want to make sure that what we're talking about what we're discussing is actually based off our experience and then we're not guiding people in the wrong direction by telling them misleading information because that's not helpful to anybody it's not helpful to us and it surely isn't helpful to the people participating in our services I noticed in your Instagram profile, one of the things, obviously you put important things that you're passionate about, you have gratitude in there. So what is gratitude? Where does that come in all of this? Yeah. So, you know, I, I come from a very troubled, not, not really youth, but I would say late teens, early twenties, you know, I was doing a lot of partying, a lot of, a lot of poor behavior patterns in my life for about 10 years. And, and I was able to, to remove myself from that you know, and really focus on building my life up instead of breaking it down. So I have continued daily gratitude that I show appreciation for not only internally, but also externally to let other people know that gratitude is real and it's important to recognize all the beautiful things you have in life and appreciate them and be grateful for them because they will multiply once you start to do that. That kind of brings me to like the next thing is that getting more into the business. So many resellers start part-time and they're really not business people. And it sounds like maybe at the beginning stages, you weren't necessarily a business person yourself. Maybe you were, maybe you weren't, but were you always business savvy? Like, was it in your DNA? Like was entrepreneurship always a part of you? Yeah, I definitely think, you know, from day one, I was, there was entrepreneur instilled in me, you know, back in high school, I used to sell jewelry and candy and go to New York and buy fake purses and sell those. And like, I always had that hustler mentality. 
So I was always able to pull some money together pretty much at any aspect of my life. Um, so that was helpful, but I knew absolutely nothing about operating a business, running a business, you know, having weekly meetings, having team meetings, um, you know, managing a team of 30 employees. I knew absolutely nothing about that. So it was like really a learning curve. And over the years, I've developed the assets and the skills necessary to continue to produce huge numbers and continue to manage a team, not only correctly, but also keep them motivated to want to come to work because we've all had shitty bosses and, and I don't want to be a shitty boss and Sebastian doesn't want to be a shitty boss and nobody wants to work for a shitty boss. So it's important to us to take care of our team. And that didn't happen overnight. You know, seven years ago, I knew nothing about that. It's kind of developed over time. Was there ever like one moment or one event that you learned a good lesson from in this kind of realm? Like, was there an employee that said something or a habit you noticed you were forming? You're like, oh shit, like this is not good. I need to make a change. Yeah, I would say it was probably, this was maybe six years ago. You know, we had an issue with an employee and, uh, you know, and the way it was dealt with, like I, I communicated it with Sebastian because he's my business partner and the employee found out that I was talking to Sebastian about it and, and, and the employee kind of got very frustrated and, and he started like freaking out on me, you know, and, and like it, it just made me realize, really realize how sensitive people can be and how every situation needs to be dealt with. Um, specifically for whatever that situation may be, you know, and, and it just really opened up my mind to how operating a business is really all about the people within the business and dealing with the people within the business and making sure that you're addressing their needs as well as continuing to address the company needs. So it really changed my perspective on how to deal with people. And since then I've been able to deal with situations a little better than that one went, but it was a great learning experience. Yeah. I mean, there's that saying that like you either win or learn. So it sounds like yes. that was more of a, uh, more of a learning than a, than a winning. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first po I went back a little bit. The first post on Instagram was August 2nd, 2018. Yes. Yeah. We just came up on two years, huh? Did you have a social presence before this account? No, no. Other than, you know, a small private Facebook account. That was just a personal account. We did not have a YouTube channel yet. We did not have an Instagram. There was no LinkedIn profile. A couple days prior to August 2nd, 2018 is when we were sitting in Sebastian's office right through this wall on the right of me. And we kind of created Amazon Lit as a consulting right. service. So since then, we've just been pumping out content left and right. Yeah, you have. And I've, it's, it had pretty good traction. Like, obviously, the account's grown huge since then like the yeah. engagement's amazing but even that first post it had it had pretty good obviously content within it but also good engagement but how important is consistency because looking back at your old content looking back now it's very consistent like the, one of your first videos is you at a trade show making relationships and that's something you still yeah. talk about so how important is consistency Consistency is huge, you know, not only with growing a social media following, but also in all your business ventures. You know, I make it a habit to post at minimum one post a day on social media about pertinent information that we're literally doing every single day. And like you said, that trade show post, like I've been talking about trade shows for two years and we've been going to them for seven years. 
So like I tell people, go to trade shows, go to trade shows, go to trade shows. And it's, I don't know what it is, if people's skulls are too thick or they're just unwilling to change, but it's like, it's, it's like you say it a million times, but yet nobody wants to do it, you know? And it's, it's really consistency is what, is what has allowed us to scale this big because we take the same, you know, uh, the same path and the same habits and the same patterns and we duplicate and replicate them day in and day out when we're able to scale because we're consistent. I even find myself doing this. I'll hear valuable information that I consume. And I'm like, that's good information, but it doesn't just get in there. Like it doesn't quite click. But then one day you see the post at the right time of day, the air smell is just right. And it clicks and it's just like yes. that. So the nice thing with consistency in your content is you might have the same message for three years, but it's like this one random post that because it was foggy, it clicked with me. And then I, I take action. One of the things that you talked about that I really liked was in during the whole, when, COVID really started going off and this whole buy box thing, you made a comment about how Amazon doesn't make mistakes. And I obviously, I think they make some mistakes, but not yes. like this. Yes. Like that I think was very strategic. And I think that was like, that's information that like, when I think about you, honestly, I think very similar to Gary Vee in the sense that you're putting out a ton of very valuable information that you probably could pay for. Just yes. that insight on the buy box was amazing. And, and maybe just talk about a little bit of what you were saying to that for the people, because you're going to word it way better than I could. Yeah. Yeah. So for, you know, about a month, month and a half, a lot of sellers were DMing us and posting on Instagram and even huge accounts, other FBA sellers who have a large social media following were insisting that Amazon had a buy box glitch, you know, and we, we have a lot of experience selling on Amazon. Amazon does make mistakes, like you said, but they don't make buy box glitch mistakes for, you know, 45 days. They just don't do that. You know, so day one, as soon as it started happening, Sebastian and I, we sat down, had a nice long conversation. We discussed why it could be happening. And we came to the conclusion that Amazon was pr prioritizing um, either fulfillment centers or merchant fulfilled sellers based on quantities and the overload of that specific fulfillment center. So if you, if there was three sellers on a listing, and one seller had their products in Nevada, another one in Texas, another one in California, and the Nevada and Texas centers were overwhelmed and they were too busy to process the inventory, they were pushing the buy box to that California seller. And same with Merchant Fulfilled. If all three of those fulfillment centers were overwhelmed and there was a Merchant Fulfilled seller on there, they would push the buy box to that Merchant Fulfilled center so they can manage their fulfillment network and still get orders out in that two day required time. So we kind of saw that right from day one and we were telling sellers and like you said, we were posting on Instagram and a lot of people got really angry at us. People were like, you're, you're supposed to be, you know, had um you know you're supposed to be leaders in this space and you're telling people oh, it's not wow. a glitch and 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 it was frustrating because i knew it wasn't a glitch but people were unwilling to believe that it was a glitch that actually blows my mind and sometimes i forget that i'm just like an optimistic person and i think yeah sometimes from both sides the fact that you just said that people are upset actually blows me away i'm actually like legitimately have goosebumps because it's like I can't fathom that actually happened and people messaging you when you're literally just trying to help yeah that actually blows me away yeah and unfortunately due to it we there there were some counts that had to be blocked because they were just like consistent harassment you know, wow. and, and and it just gets out of control and yeah. and uh, you know I operate some businesses and and 
I'm a motivator and I want to help people. So when I get constant messages about people complaining and spreading negativity, I don't, I don't have time to deal with it. So it's insta block for me. It's just, you know, and then maybe I'll unblock them in six months, see if they're going to do it again. But I, I don't have time to deal with that. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. So one thing that I really liked that you commented that people might take from that as well is that you sat down with Sebastian, which brings me to my, my next kind of thing I want to talk about a little bit. So if I understand correctly, Sebastian started with retail arbitrage. He was two years yeah. into the business when you guys met. Maybe paint a little bit better picture about the beginning of that relationship. Yeah, so I've actually known Sebastian for, I want to say, 16 or 17 years now. We met back in high school. Um, and when we were younger, you know, we were hustling together and, you know, making ends meet and just, just doing odds and ends to, to make some additional money. And, you know, so we always had that that hustler mentality. And, and I remember one time, Sebastian, it was probably about 12 or 13 years ago. I, I didn't see him for about a year or two. And he pulled up to my house or, and, and like, he was like, Eric, I'm building an airplane, like uh, metaphorically, he's like, Eric, I'm building an airplane and I, and, I, and I need another wing. You know, he's like, hey, can you be my wing? And, and we went off on this business venture and it was very successful for a little while and ended up failing. But like we always kind of rekindled our relationship and came back together. So when he started selling out products on Amazon about seven years ago, I went to his house, um, who he was renting from his uncle, Ted, who was another partner in this company. And I walked in his basement and he had all these products. It was right around Christmas in 2013. And he had all these products. And I, I was like, what are you doing, bro? And he's like, I'm selling products on Amazon. And I literally laughed at him. You know, I thought, I thought it was a joke. Like, I was like, no way, this doesn't make sense. And then, and then I started working for him and packaging products in the warehouse and, and putting orders together and shipping products to Amazon. And then um, I became a manager and now I'm the COO and it just kind of grew from there. And the relationship continues to get um, stronger and we're, we're best friends, we're business partners and, and, and we have a great relationship and it's huge. It's important to us. So here's like a lot of people kind of listening are probably working on their own. So at what point does it make sense to have a business partner, partner, sorry. And how important is it to find the right one? Because when I think about having a business partner, like it sounds, there's a lot of benefit to it, but it sounds like it could get very sticky. Like it could get sticky, especially starting out when money might not be super, super strong. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely want to, you want to be mindful if you're considering having a business partner, they're, definitely has to be a synchronized mindset there. Um, and you definitely want to have something on paper that divvy ups the percentage of the business, whose roles are what and what person is doing this specific task and what their duties are on a daily basis. So if there's ever any issues, you can refer to that contract and be like, listen, you were supposed to do this and this and this, and you haven't done any of it. This voids this contract. We are no longer partners. You want to have some sort of legal binding contract between the two of you so you can kind of alleviate any pressure or stress from someone underperforming. And really, it's it's not necessary to have a business partner. You don't need a business partner, but what a business partner will do is allow two or maybe three different perspectives and mindsets to come together and create one collective, which is really powerful when you're operating a business because I don't always know the right answer. Sebastian doesn't always know the right answer, but when we put our heads together, we come up with the right answer. 
Yeah, and that was something that I was kind of thinking about because obviously you and Sebastian are partners and it seems like you are incredible with the numbers. Just even talking about the Amazon fees, like you can look at a product, you know, you know, basically if it's profitable or not because of the weight and measurements and stuff like that. So yes. is that something that Sebastian wasn't as good at and that you kind of excelled at or is he equally as good? Like do you offset each other's weak points? Um, yeah, no, he's definitely, he's definitely good, good at the numbers as well. He just doesn't talk about it as much. You know, Sebastian's very strong um, with the business mindset um, as far as, you know, running the Amazon account. He's great at dealing with appeals and account health. You know, he's great at building relationships with distributors and, and he's got tons of assets. You know, he built this, this business from the ground up seven years ago and he teaches me a lot about how to, you know, be a more successful um, operator and how to be really determined to continue to grow. So we both have our strengths and our weaknesses and we know what they are. And we also communicate a lot. You know, I have no problem asking him if I don't know something, I have no problem sending him a hangout on Google. Hey, Sebastian, can you help me with this? And he has no problem doing the same. So do you think it's important? This is kind of just the last point here. I'm kind of curious what that might kind of help people understand. Is it important to find a partner that's going to offset your weaknesses or is it more important to have a partner that you can build good communication with? I would say, I would say both, but I would say what's most important is the communication. Because gotcha. if you're not communicating, then there's a huge disconnect and it's going to cause a lot of issues later on. You know, I think that's really what allows Sebastian and I and, and Ted as well to be so successful is we have no problem telling each other what's up, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Sebastian has no problem coming to my office and saying, Eric, you really, you really messed up this order. You know, we, we lost six grand on it and, and I have no problem fixing it. And I have no problem telling him the same thing. So it's important about accountability and communication is key. Was that, did you have to like learn to do that in the relationship? Like, was that hard that first conversation where, you kind of messed up and he had it like come tell you or vice versa. Yeah, it can definitely be awkward sometimes, you know, but, but because we have such a great relationship, like just the other day he came in my office and he was giving me shit for something that was rightfully so to give me shit for. I, I wasn't performing in a certain duty that I usually take care of because my, my focus was on something else that week. And he's like, Eric, man, listen, I feel like, you know, you really need to step your game up. And I was like, listen, I agree. You know, I haven't done that task in about two weeks. I'll get back on it today. And he, and then, you know, he stepped out of my office, he came back in and he's just like, uh, he's just like, I want to make sure we're cool, like everything good. And I was like, yeah, bro, I'm like, of yeah, course awesome. we're good. You know, like, I, I get it. I needed that little talk and now I'm going to step my shit up. So it's like, we do that with each other all the time. No, that's really powerful. I love that. Switching gears a little bit. I think there's something that people kind of need to hear. And if you could maybe be a little vulnerable just for one second, you got a ton yeah, of value. Sure, of could you maybe tell us a time where you really fucked something up? you know, a time where you made a mistake because a lot of people think they can't make mistakes. And I think that's a huge problem. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a few. Um, one time I bought, it was, I don't know, maybe four or $5,000 worth of inventory. So not one of my bigger mistakes, but it was like a closeout deal. It was like cameras and cell phone cases and tripods. And I thought it was a sweet deal and we ended up purchasing it. And it comes out to be like all the boxes are damaged, all the everything. So it sat in our warehouse for about five or six months. And just the other day, I had to make a decision just to dispose of it, you know, oh. just to throw it all out because it was taking up real estate in our warehouse. 
It wasn't making us any money. I, I wasn't going to list it on on eBay one by one. It just would have been too much work. It was a bunch of assorted products. So I just made the executive decision to to throw it out. You know, so we literally threw five thousand dollars into the garbage the other day, um, and and it happens. You know, we've also had some huge mistakes where we purchased you know a hundred thousand dollars worth of chocolate liqueurs and amazon ended up restricting them a couple weeks after we purchased them so we were stuck oh. with, we were oh stuck with over a hundred thousand dollars worth of chocolate liqueurs and that and that was in year two of when our business started so we thought that was going to be the end of us you know sebastian and ted they were they were definitely fearful and and there was some some fear that was yeah. happening within that, our lives. How do you persevere? If you like, if that like to me, a, a logical person would say, "We're done." Like we obviously are not into this. Like we we don't have the right chops for this. That's the wrong way to do it. You obviously per- persevered and fought through it. Like what was the like the thought process to keep going? Because that's yeah, a- so we we made a game plan how to get as much of the money back as possible. So we started selling them on eBay. Was able to make about a third of that money back through eBay sales. Um, and then everybody that year got chocolate liqueur for Christmas. Because <laughs> it's like my family, his family, our employees, everybody got like 10, 15 boxes of chocolate liqueur. And then we donated the rest. So we were able to use it as a tax write off because it was a food product and you can tax, you can write off uh, taxes for food donations. So we were able to do that as well. Um, and we just knew we had to keep going forward at the, in the time, it was a huge disaster for us. But when we look back in retrospect, it was just a small speed bump in the growth of our company. I just think with the problems that I'm facing, and it's like, I'm worried about this $500 thing. And it's like, come on, what are you focusing on $500? And here's the $100,000 mistake that you made it through. So it really puts things in perspective. So also recently back in August, you posted a photo of the warehouse and the caption was, remember when you were little, kid and thought anything was possible which is very inspiring but the mm. photo also showed the warehouse and there was three monitors one of my friends wants to know what kind of information would be displayed on monitors like why would you need monitors in a warehouse yeah so sebastian's been working closely with our team of six web developers for the past two years um, building a warehouse management system as well as a user interface to produce products and track inventory. Um, and, and we just released it for our company about two months ago. So we installed those monitors to track pallets. So um, there's a few different processes that happen in our warehouse. There's a picker who picks the products and moves them to the production stations. And then there's packers who package those products. And then once the finished product is complete, the picker moves it to the shipping location. So what those screens do is they tell the pickers what pallets they need to pick so and what station they're going to put that at. You know, because at our warehouse, we produce about 10,000 orders a day. So it's a lot of moving parts. And there needs to be some control and some organization within our company. So those screens tell the picker exactly what products they're picking and where they're moving them to. Oh, wow. Is there potential for you to license this software and sell to other huge sellers? Yes, yes. That is one of our goals as well, which we're working diligently on, is offering this as a SaaS um, you know, uh, a software as a service to the community because it will be beneficial for a lot of you. So what are three major pitfalls you see people fall into when starting their business or just scaling it? Cause you talk to people every day. Yeah, I would say number one definitely is quitting before the miracle happens. You know, they give up 
three months in, six months in. It's not going to happen overnight. FBA is not passive income. It takes work. It takes determination. It takes discipline. And all too often, I see people quit within two or three months because, you know, they invested $4,000 and they only made back a hundred bucks. And they're like, this isn't a viable business. I'm quitting, but it takes time. You got to get those customer reviews. So definitely I'd say number one is quitting when the miracle happens. Um, number two would be analysis paralysis. People get stuck watching, you know, 50 hours of YouTube videos, um, searching the internet for this and that, instead of just doing like, just mm -hmm. do. Um, you know, like just take action, figure it out, make mistakes, learn on your way. And then number three would be investing in the, in the wrong type of course or program because there's a, I get so many DMs a week where someone's like, you know, I just invested $5,000 for this course and they completely robbed me. I got no value out of it. I got no information. They don't even respond to my emails and they essentially got robbed. And then they have to create a dispute with their credit card company. And it's just very tedious and it's, it's unfortunate and it's disheartening to see that happen. So definitely I would say quit before the miracle happens, analysis paralysis and investing in the wrong type of guidance. And is that one of the things that inspired you three, I assume it was all three of you to make this program, this course? Yeah, definitely. I remember the day we decided to do it. We were sitting in my office or Sebastian's office watching uh, YouTube videos. And we came across a YouTube video of one of these big course sellers um, who was talking about uh, creating, or no, we bought his course. That was right. We bought his course and we were watching the first couple of videos about how to you know, sell on Amazon FBA. And within the first two videos, we saw about 20 mistakes that, that he was teaching people and, and thousands of people purchased this course. And we were like, this is ridiculous. Like this guy is teaching thousands of people how to do Amazon FBA the wrong way. This is unfortunate, we can't allow this to happen. So you've created the new course that is out now and how has it gone? It's been at what, six months? Is that right? Maybe not even. It's been out about two and a half months. Two months. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's been out about two and a half months. There's a couple hundred members in it. They've all seen great success. I would say about 80% of them have already made back their, their investment, which is important to us. We want to make sure people are not only making back the money they invested, but also doubling, tripling, quadrupling their business sales. And we are actually going to reopen it in a couple of weeks so people can have guidance through the entire Q4 because in Q4 sales increase about 30 to 40%. And with COVID right now, it might even be higher than that this year because historically for the past six months, I'm sure you're aware and your sales have increased. Everybody's sales have increased on Amazon. Yeah, and I gotta say, June was the craziest month for me. And I, mm -hmm. I kind of look back at it as the best month, but also the worst month for me. Mm -hmm. And and we talked a little bit before we started the podcast about the, the importance of accounting. Yes. My profit was great. It was like, I looked at my thing and my sales, I was like, bro, you've made $4,000 profit this month. Great job. Yeah. Then I, I logged into my bank account and there's no money there. And I'm like, okay, well, this is not a good thing. So I had it really, I actually took a step back from my business. I didn't stop buying inventory, but I really, really stopped it, like most of it, just to evaluate like what the hell happened. And I think cash flow, like understanding cash flow and actually understanding your profits are very important that I assume maybe you talk about it in the course. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So what was, what was like, what did you come down? What was the final issue that you, what you came I think happened for me is that these sales were happening and it was exciting. 
And yeah. I felt like I need to make, I put this arbitrary pressure on myself that I have to maintain these, I have to maintain these sales. Cause this is like my first time really operating my own business. Mm-hmm. I have to maintain these sales. I can't fall backwards because if I fall backwards, I'm a failure. That's kind mm-hmm. of the attachment yes. you put to it. And it's arbitrary. It's literally made up in your head. And I realized this after the fact. So in order to do that, what do I have to do? I have to buy more inventory and I have to do it when quickly. Mm-hmm. So I just started taking massive action that wasn't super educated and I didn't make any bad decisions that sunk my ship and it's going to take me years and years to get out of it. Like all in all, it was, I, I tread fairly lightly, but it is probably going to take me, I'm just starting to get out of, you know, that debt that I created then. Um, because I just, I try to do too much at once. I, yeah. I try to learn how to sell cause I'm in Canada. I wanted to get into the U S market. I was like, that's the key to my growth. So I got a prep center. I went all, OA and I bought all kinds of inventory, sent it to the prep center. And then I said, Oh, I need to do Canada. I need to grow in Canada. But like when you're just starting and you're learning, like you don't want to, you know, analyze too, too much, but you need to do some, you need to have some kind of plan. But I was just in pure panic mode because my sales went crazy and I didn't want to see them decrease. So my expenses increased more than my sales. Mm. So Mm. the next month when the sales don't meet, that because of the situation of the world you're left with these high expenses and not the sales Hmm. yeah i can definitely identify with that that's good though that you you know you didn't let it ruin you and you're taking action to fix it that's what's most important because stuff like that's going to happen it happens to us and it happens to most sellers and most business owners so i'm just happy you're able to pull through and this episode just went full circle because we started off with mindset and it's because I was in a good mindset. Had I been in a shitty place in my life or I didn't have look up the good mentors and stuff like that, I might've just quit. Mm. But when you're surrounding yourself with positive influence and you're watching Amazon lit, you're not just going to give up because when you turn on Instagram, you know, in the morning and you click that story and there's this guy in your face telling you to get up and hustle. Don't be a bum. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a very yeah. good thing because you could yeah. turn on the news and hear about the four people that died and got hit by a car and you're yeah. depressed. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. I hear that. I hear so that. So for that, we definitely appreciate it. kind of the, the last thing here. If I ever find myself in New Jersey, are you guys in New Jersey? Yes, we are in New Jersey. If I ever find myself in New Jersey, can I get a social distance tour? Uh, so we get this question all the time um, and we do not offer tours of the warehouse and there's a few reasons why a because we have you know it took us seven years to build this the only way we would offer a tour the amount of money that we would charge for a warehouse tour would be so high that the seller would really have to be well situated and even even we've gotten some crazy offers to come see us and we've turned them down because it's just what what we've built here is very proprietary and very exclusive and we can't just start letting people in here um but what we do do frequently is you know we have sellers who travel to new york and they call us up and we go meet them for dinner and we hang out and we grab drinks and we definitely you know we love meeting um with other sellers personally and 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 as soon as covid clears up we're going to be traveling the country again hosting free meetups getting big groups of amazon sellers together so we, we definitely love doing that. But the warehouse tour, it's uh, That's a no maybe go. one day in the future, but not right now. And really what I'm asking, because honestly, seeing the, the warehouse would be amazing, but I'm not after any information in that sense. Yeah. Dis- I disguise that question as, can we have a fist bump with our elbows? 
<laughs> it's yeah, like, absolutely. It's absolutely. Like, boom, thank you. I want to give you some props and then I'll be on. Yeah, the absolutely, man. If you're ever out in New Jersey, send me a DM. We'll link up. We'll grab some dinner. All right. That's great. I super appreciate your time. I'm a small fish. You're a big dog. So I know it's super, super awesome. I see a truck just pulling the back there. So I think. Yeah. Yeah. We do. probably got a, a Amazon delivery today. It's Saturday. We got a four o'clock appointment. So anyway, I appreciate that, man. Be well. Yeah. Anytime, Chris. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me on.